As freshmen, Oscar, when you and I played back in the, in the late 50s and the 60s, freshmen were ineligible to play. So your freshman year, you, you, you were not eligible to play on, on the varsity. What was life like breaking into Cincinnati as a freshman? Let's talk as a student first and, and then as a basketball player. Well, as a student, you know, I was in a course called the Business Administration. I was trying to get a marketing degree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, to make a long story short, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you about all the unpleasantries because there were quite a few in class. Yeah. But, you know, it was a good course, you know, good school, had some great professors. Um, Basketball-wise, you know, I was the only black on the team. And, and uh, fortunate for us, you know, man, we started playing playing basketball as freshmen. And people had 15 or 16 games we had. And people started filling the arenas up. To watch us play, mm-hmm. and I thought it was tr- tremendous. I didn't think that much about it, but you know, when, when you're in a situation like that, you know, uh, people are asking, "Do you think about all the things that?" I, no, you don't, because you know, I mean, I mean, I think when you're in America, you grew up in America in the South, like I did, and go to Indianapolis, see, like in Indianapolis, you you, you kind of uh, uh, you adjust yourself to all the things around you, mm-hmm. so things don't bother you like like they would other people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I didn't, you know, all the things that happened to me when I, when I was a freshman and. In class, out of class, I didn't think about them. I, mm-hmm. I just wanted—I wanted to go to school and play basketball mm-hmm. and get an education. Uh, Oscar, you, you averaged thirty-three points a game oh, as a God. freshman at Cincinnati, and and uh, you guys went thirteen and two. Uh, the first uh, competition was the freshman varsity basketball game, and and in that game you had thirty seven points and seventeen rebounds and eight assists, and so welcome to the Big O at Cincinnati. So so, and then from there you guys went on to go thirteen and two, and you and you uh, had thirty three points a game as a freshman. Uh, Someone told me that there were more people coming to the freshman games than there were the varsity well, games. Well, there were. As a matter of fact, in, in that game, uh, if he'd have kept our starters in the game against the varsity, we'd have beat them. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, he lost, what, 85, 83? Yeah, he, but he didn't want that to happen. And yeah. I, and I can understand why, but he was disappointed at the time because, you know, the guys are when they start bragging in the dormitory. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, they beat us by two or three points. But if he'd have kept the starters in, freshman starters in, we we the one that gave. Yeah, Oscar, it was at Cincinnati that you acquired the the nickname the Big O, and and uh, at that point, uh, you you transferred into what I call sports history. The the, the icon athletes in any sport they, they they were all known by by a single name. Yeah, and and and, and the Big O was yours. How how did you get that nickname, the Big O? I think because maybe Elgin and Pablo Wilt. Because Elgin was called a rabbit, mm-hmm. and Will was called Will to Still. Mm-hmm. And this radio guy, I can't think his name now. I think his name was Weber. It could have been a different name now. Mm-hmm. It, it eludes me. Gave me the name the, the Big O. Mm-hmm. And so that stuck with me since then. Yeah. So so uh, take me back to your first uh, game. You're now a sophomore. You're now eligible on the varsity and you 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 make your first appearance at at Madison Square Garden, a legendary Madison Square Garden. And as you and I were were talking off camera, in our in the days when you and I played, if you didn't play in Madison Square Garden, Chicago Stadium, and the Palestra, you had no chance of making All American. So now here you are in Madison Square Garden for the first time, Cincinnati versus Seton Hall, yes. and uh, you beat them a hundred. 
118 to 54. And in this game, you score 56 points more than the whole Seton Hall team. Uh, and, and, to, and at that time, the 56 points, Oscar, was the most points by a single player in Madison Square Garden, NBA or college. Yeah, because I think Elgin came on and got 75 or something like that. But anyway, mm. uh, it, it was it was a game. I, I didn't know that much about the game. I, I tell you, when I got into the first time ever going to New York, it just amazed me, all these buildings. Just, <laughs> just, just, just all over the place we crossed into and they charge you money to go to get into the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you the, the toll bridges yeah, and I the mean, tunnels think, and stuff. When you're country, I guess you're country. <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we get on the, we get on the get in the game, and and uh, we started playing. And it was open game, which well, I think it really helped me mm-hmm. get the 56 points because they tried to run a little bit, and but they didn't have that good a team. And and lucky for me, the shots were going in. You know, I mean, I didn't realize I had that many points because I mean, it, it, it didn't seem like I was scoring at all. To be honest, George, mm-hmm. it seemed like I was in the game, but it didn't, didn't seem like you, I was, sc- you, you scored them in the flow of the game. It didn't seem like I was scoring very many points. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know I had that many points. To be honest, you know, it's strange about the game of basketball. But when you're in the flow and the rhythm of the game, you're really not looking and intent on trying to pile up a lot of points. That's when you get them, and then you're surprised. You someone tells you, "Oh, did you know you scored this month?" No, I didn't know. And they think you're just saying that to be humble. But the truth is, you just got them in the flow of the game. Exactly. You I, I was certainly surprised when I because at the, at the end of the game, the guys. Picking up on the shows. What the hell? Is, what's what's going on? What, I mean, hey, what's going on with you guys? Mm-hmm. And the, the, I still didn't know anything until I got in the locker room, mm-hmm. and they had all these reporters in uh, 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 from uh, from uh, different newspapers. They had so many newspapers there; it was unbelievable. Yeah, the, and, 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 yeah. And so after the game and the interview, one of the reporters asked you, "Was this the biggest thrill you had in basketball?" And I loved your <laughs> answer. You said, "No." The biggest thrill I had in basketball was when we won the state championship at Christmas Addicts. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, you know, I, I guess I guess the writer man in New York didn't know anything about Christmas Addicts. Per se. Yeah. He was very, really, really surprised that I would give him this answer. Mm-hmm. I think it's the milk something. Milk Gross? Yeah, milk Gross. Gross. Yeah. Matter of fact. You guys end up being pretty good buddies, didn't well, you? Well, I, I tell you why. When I when I sat down, he sat me down. He said, oh, let's talk to you. He said, uh, he said you, you don't want to talk. I told him, I said, I don't know you. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, here I am from Tennessee, mm-hmm. going to uh, going to Cincinnati, and and not seeing any any black people, and hearing all the things happen to me. I didn't I didn't trust him. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I told him I told him I said I don't trust. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. So then he said, well, so then he got to know me over the years and got to be very good friends, very good friends indeed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know him. I was going to talk to him about it. And he kind of mentored you and showed you how uh, the the, the yeah. way to, tr- to deal with the media. He yeah, he told me that you know that that. That when you're a star player, you got to talk to the media. Mm-hmm. He said. He said. Oh, he said. If you don't, he said, they'll they'll make it up, and then mm-hmm. you'll you'll be in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And he's right, and I I, I realize that. Mm-hmm. Oscar, one of the unpleasant things that both you and I uh, had to endure during our four years in college was the social injustice that was perpetrated on us when we went on the road to play. And 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 in those days, you didn't have the mass communications, and a lot, a lot of times the teams really weren't that aware that you had black players. But so you go on the road, and you now uh, playing on the road, and and you're not allowed to stay in the same hotel 
with with your teammates. In fact, you had to go over to Texas Southern yes, to stay. Tell us about how humiliating that was, and 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 what a what a, 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 a what type of feelings went through your mind at that time. Well, actually, when I was checked into the room by my coach, and I had my, had my roommate guy named. Um, Oh, God, what was his name? He was a student manager. Anyway, I'll tell you the thing, his name shortly. So the coach checked me into the room. And so he came up about two hours later and said that you can't stay here. Well, <laughs> I thought he meant the whole team. Mm -hmm. I said, where are we going? Mm -hmm. But he didn't mean the whole team. He said, they don't want you staying here. I said, what? So anyway, I get my clothes, and, I, and he said, we're going to send you over to Texas Southern. Well, to be honest, George, what he should have done says, we're not playing the game. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, Cincinnati didn't have a gut to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, I went over to Texas Southern. I, I'm over there, and all these things are going through my mind, what to do, didn't know what to do, what not. I said, should I go home? I said, so I didn't, I didn't think about going. I would think, think about going home. I was just mad at the situation. So we get, we get dressed, go out on the court, and I went to center court. Other guys are warming up. Mm -hmm. I didn't take a shot. Just stood there in center court? People start throwing conies and quarters and hot dog buns the buns and things like that. Mm. I, I didn't move. I just looked up at him. Called me all kind everything but child of God. Yeah, but, but that, and it, that, I didn't hear I didn't hear I didn't hear all that stuff. I heard I heard some things but I just blocked it out. The game started, it was a rough game. I got, I think I got fourteen or fifteen points and they said how they held me. You know, how they we won the game and how they, they this one guy played great defense. Yeah, I said, you know, I didn't say anything. I said, yeah, I mean here you are but they didn't say that I didn't stay with the team. Mm -hmm. No, the newspapers didn't say that at all. Mm -hmm. They just let. They, isn't that amazing mm -hmm. that the newspapers and I don't think the paper newspapers just need to say the thing about that. Mm -hmm. and, and and I, you know, during that come back, you know, I had to see the coach. I got up early in the morning. I told my coach, "I'd like to meet you." It's fine. I said, "You know," I said, "I don't think you did this because you checked me into the room." I said, "If I know this, if I knew you, you wouldn't bother. I'd leave you. I wouldn't come back here to play." But I said, I don't think you did because you did check me into the room. I said, you know, I said, uh, I said, I enjoy being here. I'm doing playing, but I said, since it's a situation not equal, I don't want, well, I don't want to go anywhere else with the team. And you have these social events. I said, I don't want to go. So he said, okay. So the team would go to places. That, I mean, because a lot of places around Cincinnati, blacks couldn't go anyway. In the three years that you were you were at Cincinnati, uh, you averaged thirty three point eight a game. There's the third highest uh, per game average in the history of uh, of college basketball. And during those time, those three years, you guys went seventy nine and nine. Uh, you, you led the nation in scoring three years in a row. You made All American three years in a row. You're a player, college player of the year three years in a row. And the team uh, went to the to the final four twice while yeah. you were there. Uh, and you're looking back on uh, on on your college career at Cincinnati. Tell me two or three things that really uh, you have fond memories about during your tenure there at Cincinnati as a player and a student. As a player, I enjoyed it because you know we we, we were successful on the court to a certain extent. And and then going going to the California beat us twice, but you know we George, if you look back at our teams, we we were we were a private institution until 19, until I graduated. Mm -hmm. 
they wouldn't get any players on the team at all. I mean, no black players. There was a black player from named Clyde Dudley that came in from Lexington. Man, if we had him, no one would beat us. He was about six eight, played the pivot, could really play. But they were. I think that they were afraid of getting great black players at that time. Mm -hmm. So, how many black players did you actually play with at Cincinnati? Well, for a while, that there was only one. I had a guy named John Bryant play for a while, but he was like a had come back from the from the Air Force or the Army or something mm -hmm. and played on the team. Then Paul Hogue got on the team my senior year. I remember Paul. But, but he was from Tennessee too, yeah, wasn't he? Knoxville. Knoxville, yeah. But, you know, we, we didn't have an accomplished team, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, because, you know, I would like to have had the guy that I played with in the high school team, Edward Maxey. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think, you know, just a couple of players here and there, we could have won. But, you know, you don't always win. I, you know, I've always said that, you know, to win a championship, you have to be lucky. Got to get play, get players out of foul trouble. Get, can be hurt, and you got you got to someone's got to, someone's got to come off that bench for you mm -hmm. and put some put the ball in the basket a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the way you win, you know mm -hmm. you don't win with just starting five all the time. Mm -hmm. So after a stellar career at Cincinnati, it's now time for the Big O to move on to the NBA. Uh, you're picked by Cincinnati uh, Royals in the first round in what was then the territorial draft, and we'll talk about that. And so you signed with the Cincinnati Royals for a $33,000. Not uh, at first. I went to the Olympics. Oh, did, did you, oh, you first? Oh, right, right. You went off to the Olympics with you and Jerry Westwood at were the captains of the gold medal Olympic team. Who yeah. else was on that Olympic team with you? Well, Terry Dishinger, Jay Arnett, Walt Bellamy, Bob Boozer, Jerry Lucas, uh, Bertie Hollerson, Al Kelly, and Les Lane. Ooh. And Adrian Smith. A few uh, All-Americans all and, and the Hall of Famers on that team. That's, that's true. Exactly. And right. who coached you, Pete No, Pete Noe was the coach. Uh, and so you, you, you tell us a little bit about that Olympic experience. You guys ended up winning by about 49 points per game, didn't you? It was close to that. Uh, it was interesting because, you know, during those days, AAU was very strong. Mm -hmm. And we went out to Denver to, for, uh, had maybe 10 teams out there, uh, five from the AAU team or maybe six from the AAU contingent and four from the colleges. Mm -hmm. And you played. You played every night. Mm -hmm. Played a basketball game every night. And the winner got to play place, I should say, is starting five on the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was when we went out there and won. Each time we beat an AAU team, they would get the best players and try to get them on the team so they could beat us. They wanted to beat us really bad, but they couldn't. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do it at all. And uh, as a matter of fact, I've always said that Bellamy made the team, but uh, Pete Newell said how difficult it was for them to get Bellamy on the team because he wasn't a starter. Mm -hmm. But he kept him off as a starter. But, mm -hmm. but after the game started, he put Bellamy in for him off. Mm -hmm. So, he, but he was said he, he he realized that he owed him an oath to Bellamy to, to Daryl Emhoff to get him on the Olympic team. Yeah, and uh, Emhoff played for him in college. Yes, Darryl Emhoff played for so him in that's, college. So we, we worked out and we got out there, and finally we, we won every every game we played for 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 one week, mm -hmm. and we got to place a our starting unit on the on the Olympic team: Jerry West, Jay Arnett, myself. Darrell Imhoff and, uh, and Terry Dishinger, then Bellamy was picked also from that team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys didn't make it. Yeah, Terry Dishinger, he played at Purdue. Yeah, Lenny uh, Wilkins didn't make the team. Yeah. He was a sub. Uh, uh, St. Bonaventure Stith. Yeah, Tom Stith, yeah. He's a very good player. A yeah, uh, guy named uh, from, from Bowling Green, little jump shooter. Man, could he shoot the ball? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little red. He came to make the team. He could do something. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it was a, a lot of guys didn't make it. 
Long didn't make it at all. Mm-hmm. So, so now uh, you, you, you Cincinnati Royals draft you in a territorial yeah. draft. They give you thirty-three thousand dollars as a signing bonus, which is a hell of a lot of money in those days. And 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 now you're off to to begin your 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 NBA career. Uh, at that time, well, I guess we should explain to the viewers, Oscar, they had what they call a territorial draft, and each team had the right to pick the best player in their geographical area. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that, well, and that's how you ended up with Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, I think look for that. Yeah, because, because that was an Eddie Gottlieb Eddie rule. Eddie Gottlieb rule, we'll play the Philadelphia. So, so the Philadelphia war, uh, <laughs> Warriors could get Will yeah, Chamberlain, so, yeah. So that was a that was a Will Chamberlain rule, and it got him. Also, it got me at Cincinnati, and also Jerry Lucas. Yes. Because Lucas played at Ohio State within 100 miles, and I played at Cincinnati, which was right in the whole same city. Mm-hmm. So that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. How much of adjustment was it initially, Oscar, for you to make the transition from the college game to the pro game? Well, well here again, uh, the adjustment was, was uh, that that you, when you're open, you got to make a shot. You know, and that was for me at first because then you try to, you know, instead of shooting sometimes, you try to probe and, and go to the basket. They just had too many players in the way there a lot of times. So mm-hmm. I would start working on my jump shot a little bit from the outside. But, but my, my main forte was to move the ball and get the ball to get the guys on our team, get, get everybody open. We didn't have a real good team, George. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you Who know, were some of the players you know, were with you then? We had Jack Twyman, Boozer, and forward, Wayne in the pivot. And myself and Wayne guy, Emery in the pivot, yeah. A guy named Arlen Bachhorn. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we went and we were the best team in the world. But, mm-hmm. but you know, we, you got to go with what you got, though, man. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. So so you became very quickly the the best all-around player uh, to ever play in the NBA. And the stats will, will define that because you were averaging a triple-double before people even knew what a triple-double was. And, and you averaged a triple-double for the whole season in 61-62. You averaged 30.8 a game, 11.4 assists a game, and 12.5 rebounds a game. And 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 no one has ever been able to well, to, to uh, uh, duplicate that Oscar. I mean that that, that that to me tells me that you're a balanced player. It wasn't just about scoring. Well, that's true. I tried to be. I tried to do whatever I could to win. But and then you know, the the sad, the sad thing about that triple double, George, is they they didn't they didn't they didn't record it initially. Mm-hmm. They went back in the archives and found that out because, uh-huh. because they started getting uh, triple doubles when Magic was playing. Versus Bird and, and Boston, and you know now, you know, I mean, years ago, you know what the assist wasn't like it is today. Yeah, I mean, there, anytime you throw a ball to anybody, if he scores without making a pass, it's it's, a, it's an assist. Yeah, which I, and here when I played, sometimes if the guy dribbled the ball, it was not an assist. Right, had to, the lead directly to a score. In those directly days. to a score, right. exactly right. So that's all changed now. But I guess it's good. I guess the league is trying to make stars so people come out and watch and play, which which I think is fun to do. Mm-hmm. But still, still, if they go, if they would, you know, I, I you know, I, I shouldn't say this because I guess it's more of the damn. If they went back and get all got all the assists I really had, I mean, what I've had. When I threw the ball to a guy and dribbled three or four times and shot. Yeah, if you base it on today's assistant standards, yeah, it would be amazing how many you would have had. You know, of all the things that you achieved during your NBA uh, career, uh, Oscar, what are what are two or three of the things that you're most uh, proud of? That I wasn't really hurt too much, George. Although I missed some games with a, with a 
real bad eye injury and, a, and also a bad, bad uh, hamstring injury. But I was still able to play. I, you know, like my first uh, maybe eight, eight or nine years, I was second to Wilt in, in time, in time play, in times played. Minutes played. Minutes played, I should mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Wilt, then Eric, then Eric took Wilt out. Yeah. But and I played like 40, almost uh, the whole game. So, But I was able to do that. You know, I was in shape. I was able to get through that. And, and you know, finally went in the championship. But I always said this, you know, every time you, you know, I got so much criticism from sports writers. I said, well, you have, you've done this, but you haven't won a championship. you got to have a good manager mm -hmm. to pick players. you got to make a key trade. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's won a championship, they made a trade. Mm -hmm. And every time you tell the people that, they look in amazement. Mm -hmm. This is this is why, you know, when the deal was made uh, for, for the Clippers, mm -hmm. you know, the Clippers got five or six new ball players on that team. Mm -hmm. Made it, made them a a, a, a playoff contender. Mm -hmm. But but I said every 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 team, everybody that's won a championship has made a trade. Mm -hmm. Look at the Celtics when they got Russell from St. Louis. Mm -hmm. People don't, people think the Celtics drafted Bill Russell, mm -hmm. but they didn't. Mm -hmm. No, no, and, not, and that that along with the Michael Jordan uh, 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 draft, uh, two of the maybe the worst the worst. Yeah, but, but even but even with with Michael Jordan at, at Chicago, they had they needed Cartwright in the pivot, mm -hmm. and it got and the greatest thing when Pippen worked out for him, mm -hmm. he came in from Central Arkansas. Mm -hmm. That's that's how you get it done. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, otherwise, I don't care who you are, you're not going to win. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, how did you prepare yourself mentally for games, Oscar, particularly at the pro level? Well, you know, it all depends who you're playing against, uh, George. You know, when you play that many games, 82 games a year, you, you don't feel the same every game. It's the competition that makes you go. Once you get on the court and you start playing, boy, you, the competition picks you up and you, you get you really get into it. But but I, I just try to go out, out there and try to get try to really get our team involved in the offense first. You know, see who's scoring for us, you know, run certain plays for different guys and see if they're making baskets or if someone could, could beat somebody on a one on one. I, I kept the ball on them. I, I was of the pain that as long as you score, you go you're gonna keep the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, like I guess it's different now, you know. If a guy's hot, they let him shoot two shots and he might not see the ball again for the next five yeah, seconds. Yeah. But I think if a guy's hot and he scored, he should keep the ball. Keep him keep putting and the try, ball. I try to do that at Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So I do that quite a bit in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. and uh, I just tried. I, I went out in the game was trying to get, get an offense going because we we couldn't have won without running a good offense. Because mm -hmm. we, we, we keep balance on the court, and keep get certain guys in the shot. That's the only way we can win. Get those guys open. That's what I had to do. But otherwise, we wouldn't have won in games. Mm -hmm.